when managers, bosses, leaders, whatever you want to call mm -hmm. us or each other, when we tell our people they need to do something and we leave it at that, yeah. that's not leadership. So when we tell them that they need to do something and then we back it up with why and we back it up with a reasoning, we back it up with the true information that will actually show that if they do what we're saying, it's going to increase their chance to sell a car, mm -hmm. to make money, to get to whatever their goal is, then that should at least hopefully resonate in their head and, and, and provide a reason to give more effort. I can't stand when managers just point That's and it. yell and badmouth and curse and then walk away. Yeah. It's like, what? You, who the fuck are you? Excuse like, my language. I, no, I, no. What, 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 are you, what are you talking to me like that for? You, you, Welcome to another episode of The Drive. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Say what you want about, uh, you know, Musk. He's a, he's a genius. I don't, you know, it's, you can agree or not agree with what he's doing and how he does things, but he's a real deal. I'm sorry. It's the, Even with this truck. That's right. That's. I think the glass was on purpose myself. Honestly, I think what it was is, you know, that especially with the truck, I think it was the That's what I mean. the people that were, the people that are going to buy that are going to be the early adopters. You know, oh, absolutely. The, the design and the direction of the truck, it's just it's just to prove that people will buy it. Sure. You know? Yeah. I mean, what, how many orders did he have? 200,000 or something? Something like something that. Absolutely something ridiculous. ridiculous. In 24 hours? Yeah, something ridiculous. Yeah. Like that, yeah. That's just insane. Okay, so Dustin, uh, yes. everybody out there that's watching and listening right now and yes. you know, don't know about you, so well, let's do that real quick. Let's do the, the two-minute origin story that sure. is Dustin, kind of how you got started in the business and where you're working right now. Okay, so I am 33 right now. I played... Um, minor league baseball when I was done with school I went back uh, only a year of minor league baseball when reality hit me in the face and I wasn't really all that good um, I thought I was but I wasn't so reality struck and I had to go back to attempt to finish school and get a degree which I still didn't finish either nice so uh, never really got that but when I was done I was working for the school that I went to Pace University in Westchester County New York just north of New York City yeah and I was working for the facilities and I was homeless. I was living in my car. Wow. Okay. 1999 Mercury Cougar. 1990, I actually remember the, the hatchback. Badass. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I, I absolutely loved the car when, when my parents got it for V6, me. V6, I remember that. Yeah, Manual V6, it was uh, automatic. That's yeah, the only okay, thing yeah, that yeah, I wish I would have had stick, but <laughs> listen, I had a car and, and we didn't have much growing up. You know, we, we didn't have money. I don't know what money was. Uh, yeah. I still don't at some point, you know, at some level. but found an uh, uh, online advertisement for guaranteed of $50,000 your first 12 months. Didn't care what it was, had absolutely no uh, care in the world. I said, I'll take it. I, I made a phone call, had an interview, got hired um, in the Curry Automotive Group, which is also in Westchester County as a salesperson. And then from there, I just listened and soaked in everything I possibly could from anybody that I knew knew more than me, which yeah. was everyone at that time <laughs> and I just I just kept going moving up the ranks did a little bit in finance uh, hated it was not for me um, and then I got an opportunity to run a store about six seven years ago in New Jersey a Chrysler store and uh, took that and then we just moved back um, to where we are now upstate New York two years ago because my wife and I have two young boys five and three years old and we were down in New Jersey kind of by ourselves no family no no help uh, yeah. you know, we hadn't gone on a date in three four years it was bad so we moved back and uh, and now we're rocking uh, Williams Toyota and Kia uh, in Elmira New York and and we couldn't be we couldn't be happier that's awesome man. yeah that's awesome. a little, little bit of a weird story so, no that's cool though I mean you know though I find in this industry we all kind of have have a weird story how we got into Absolutely. it right I mean there were some people that were born into it there was, I mean, for me, like I had absolutely no intentions of getting in this industry whatsoever. Um, I mean, literally, I, I, I had a buddy of mine reach out to me and go, hey, Jay, uh, you, you like selling things, right? I'm like, yeah, sure, I'm pretty good at selling mm -hmm. things. You know, I, I I remember the first thing I sold was I was uh, I would sell baseball cards on the road with my dad in the okay. early 80s, right? Which and that was just- than cars. Yeah, that, well, that was just, that, that's, what you, that's what you did, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was like, yeah, I love selling things. You know, one of my first, my first businesses, I had Big J's Pit Stop, 
And wow. I grew up with the drag strip. I love drag okay. cars. Love okay. racing. Look, if it's got a spark plug and a steering wheel, mm -hmm. count me in. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm yeah. easy that yeah. way. And and I would I sold uh, Hot Wheels and diecast collectible cars uh, wow. every weekend at, at there. And funny thing is, it wasn't even my inventory. I convinced another hobby shop to give it to me on consignment. Oh, so all I yes. had to pay for was literally just the tables and a tent. Yeah, yeah, you know? and that's so. I mean, I just, Eerily I just hustled. I just hustled. Yeah, exactly. I just, so I just hustled like that. Wow. Um, but I find like in this industry, we're just, we're like a bunch of like misfit toys. Oh. You know, like it's so fun and it cool to see kind of how people got into the business and. It's I don't, so interesting. Absolutely, I don't know that I've run into anybody that literally has ever told me at least. When I was 10 or 8, I just said, you know what? I want to be in the car business. Yeah, if they had no family ties. Up, go, yeah, exactly. If they didn't have family ties. Yeah, yeah. No one. anybody grows up going, mm, I'm going to sell cars. Yeah, right. Nobody. <laughs> nobody. But it, 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 it gives an outlet that most businesses don't give people. Yes. And an opportunity and a chance. That I, that's why I love it. Well, it's it's the bartender thing, or no, sorry, it's not the bartender thing. It's the uh, uh, barber shop. It's the barber shop, shop type thing, right? I'm I'm renting a table, like yes. that's it. Like yes. the dealership's providing. Uh, they're doing some marketing efforts. They got a product. Um, I got to pay a percentage, obviously, to them so they can cover all that stuff. I get to maintain, you know, this other 20, 30 percent of the gross profit over here for me. I'm that's, that's I'm literally just renting a desk that's correct and then uh, you know i think the people that really succeed in this industry are the ones that approach it like that and they they approach it as they're their own boss yes you know the, the dealerships yes. there they'll do their thing but at the end of the day i'm my own boss all right the experience that i give to my customers are going to be defined by me oh no doubt no doubt and, and to your point i think that it's our job as either sales managers, service managers, general manager, even more importantly, to allow that outlet to the customer, to, right. or, or I'm sorry, to your employees, to run the business as if it were their own. Don't yeah. handcuff your employees, which I've seen a lot of in my you, time. That's what I'm trying to say. Like that, I'm, I've seen more of these handcuffing going on. Yes. You know, like I was, I was talking to a guy earlier and I, you know, I had a dealership that literally um, blocked Facebook from every single computer in the dealership. And I was yep. like, what are you doing? Yep. Like, he goes, and he just assumed that they were just going to go on there and be screwing around. It's like, well, they may be doing that if you're not training them to do something else. Right, right. You know, but like. But that's where your customers are. Yeah, this, this, your customers there. are there. I mean, yes. what do we spend socially, like three to four hours a day a in day. social it's media? The average, it's something it crazy is, like that, right? Yeah. Some people maybe more, obviously some people less. But um, I think that's what it is. It's like, how do we get our salespeople back to that place where they have ownership of their their results. Right now, it's like you talk to all these salespeople and they're, you know, they're complaining about the results. They're complaining that there's not enough people walking through the door. Mm -hmm. And it's somehow, it's like the dealership's responsibility to right. fix this. And it's like, right. the, you know, the only reason that you would think that way is because you don't have a owner's mentality. That's correct. That's yeah. correct. We hit on and I hit on so often with our, our ladies and, and gentlemen that don't don't you dare start to complain unless you close at 100%. Yeah. If you close at 100% of any lead, uh, uh, showroom traffic, you know, internet lead, uh, phone up, whatever it may be, if you're closing at 100%, then you might have a gripe if you still only sell 8, 10 cars, 12 cars. That's right. But until you're to that point, how about you get better? Yeah. How about you fill your own pipeline? If, if you're complaining about natural traffic, how, we, we service a hell of a lot more cars than we see people coming through the front door. Why Don't are you not living back thing. there? Yeah, I remember when I was a, a salesperson and like, I didn't even know that I wasn't supposed to do this or something like that, but I would take my own business cards and just go drive them all. And if there was a car that I wanted it on trade, cause I knew I could flip it. Like, mm -hmm. I, was yeah, like, yeah. I want yeah. that truck. That's exactly what I want. Windshield and wiper. I windshield wiper it. Yeah. And I'm like, they, my dealership got a call and they're like, someone complained about it. Okay. And they came and told me like, I can't do that. I'm like, well, you don't provide me enough opportunities. So what do you want me to do? <laughs> well, know? if that's the case and you're, you're giving literally outside the box thinking in a hundred percent effort all the time, well then you might have an issue you, or a, a legitimate gripe. But again, I think you're right. I think some people are just overall, and I'm not talking about our people, but I'm talking about just period of, and we, I've seen and ran into these people. They're just entitled. That's what it is. That's the word I'm looking for. It's entitlement. It yes. Is, I don't know. I've been in the business for a while. Yep. Um, I, 
don't know when that happened. I, I feel like it's just happened in the last ten years. Uh, well, that's um, about just how long somewhere, been in, so. So, so, somewhere in between that time, you know, yeah. something shifted. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know. You know, we, we stopped as salespeople stop thinking of our desk as our own business, mm -hmm. you know, and we got to this level, maybe it's because we just had those few years, it was just good. That That's exactly what's going through my head right now. Yeah. I think that's probably what it is, is because we get so fat in a period of time where it seems easy, Yeah. but when it's easy, meaning just droves of customers <laughs> everywhere, there's buyers everywhere, you can't do any, make any mistake, everyone's buying a car. It's those times that where we should still be focusing on the missed opportunities even when you know if you're so busy it's very hard for anybody to still want to get better yes because it's so busy it's like well this these last three customers didn't buy a car but that's okay because there's another three behind them that are buying yep well not no no we only look at in our business i think we only look at missed opportunities when it's dead yeah and we only make look at missed opportunities yeah. when it's january in toronto or new york and it's minus one, like we were just talking about, and there's snow on the ground. That's the only time we focus in on each and every opportunity and do whatever it takes to sell a car. But then when it's busy, we don't give it that kind of effort because we know there's just buyers lined up behind mm. them. So if, if you go a long enough stretch and business is great and your your wallets are going out to here, <laughs> uh, we call it left hip national in, in the dealership, then- <laughs> I, call, I call it full belly syndrome. Okay. You know what it is? Cause like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like right after Thanksgiving, you know, you, you finish with that meal and you're like, yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm never good. eating again. I'm Food's terrible. I'm yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to push. I'm not going to push. Like, you know. Amen. So Amen. I call it full belly. One hundred percent. That's exactly. <laughs> yes. You. I, I. I. If I had to pinpoint something to your point, I'd say that's probably what it is. Now you, you hit on something that I thought was really kind of important is efforts. Right? Yep. I. Uh, I love this industry. I do. You know, and sometimes I think people watch my videos and they think I get. Um, Maybe I'm too harsh on people, but it's it comes from a place of passion. I'm not just telling people that you know we suck at this. It's like sure. no, it's coming from passion. And, yeah. and I think this is something that you can relate with being you know being doing baseball for such a yes. long time, right? Yes. It's like in, in baseball, you're valued as a team member not necessarily always by your results, but by your efforts. Yes. Your efforts are more important than your results. Absolutely, and especially on the lower, especially in the lower levels. Absolutely. Right. I mean, because but. I don't, we don't have that in the dealership. You know, we, we spend an exuberant amount of time talking about results and we just, and then the, um, the percentage of time talking about efforts, again, it's like usually like really quick and passing. It's like, you need to increase your test drive ratio so we can do, you know, it's like, yeah. but it's no, let's focus more on the, res on the efforts because the results will come. Yes, and that's a big point too, man. I, I, we're, I'm very, I appreciate you having me, by the way. I didn't even say yeah. that. Seriously, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I really appreciate it. It's humbling to me. This is, I'm having, this is great. This is a good time, good opportunity for us to, to kind of chop it up. I think that when managers, bosses, leaders, whatever you want to call mm -hmm. us or each other, when we tell our people they need to do something and we leave it at that, yeah. that's not leadership. So when we tell them that, they need to do something and then we back it up with why and we back it up with the reasoning we back it up with the true information that will actually show that if they do what we're saying it's going to increase their chance to sell a car mm -hmm. to make money to get to whatever their goal is then that should at least hopefully resonate in their head and and, and provide a reason to give more effort i can't stand when managers just point that's and it. Yell and badmouth and curse and then walk away. Yeah. It's like, what? You, who the fuck are you? Excuse like, my language. I, no, I, no. What? What? What are, you, what are you talking to me like that for? You, you're never going to do any better. Your team's never going to perform any better no. if that's what you're going to do. It. No. I mean, we we really do need to take a look, and not only. And I love I love baseball. I really do. Um, I don't I don't follow like a particular team. I just love baseball because okay. I love strategy. Yeah, yeah. And I find with like hockey and basketball, everything's in and football it's, things are happening so fast mm -hmm. i can't get it i can't okay. see it all set up yeah, you know yeah, yeah. with baseball i can see it set up yeah, right you know yeah you, you got someone coming up to the plate you know they're a left-handed batter mm -hmm. all right you know you start seeing people shift you start yeah, seeing yeah. move around you, yep. know, you see the outfield start to come in a little bit yep. maybe the infield push back a little bit just who, depending on what it is yep. you know you might even switch out your pitcher just because of the type of batter that you have coming to play so Absolutely. the strategy is happening in real time yes. you know and so I'm looking at that. It's like as both salespeople and as managers, 
we, we really need to be more like a professional team, the way that we're organized. You know, I, I mean, if you were batting, and it's funny in our industry, you know, we're okay with batting 250. Right, 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 yeah, yeah. But you know, you're not going to stay on the team very long if you're batting 250. Right. I, that blows my mind, right? But even yes. the guys that are, you know, say they're batting 400 yep. or above, yeah, you know, they're still pushing. Yes. Like, there's no, you know, I don't know why we get to this level of like, all right, I'm closing at 30. percent I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just it because usually the higher closing ratios, the higher gross profit on a per vehicle basis. Yeah. They usually sell the most cars as well. Because they're never satisfied. Yeah. Well, it's because they're focusing on the efforts. They're not necessarily focusing on the results. They yes. know if I continue to focus on my efforts, the results will come. Absolutely. Right? Yes. Like, if you want to be a better batter, then you focus on your efforts. Yes. Right? I mean, it's where your it's hips are, where your feet are. It's where it, it, yeah, it's, it's all these things. It's Absolutely. all these little things that go into I, connecting with the ball better. Absolutely. And I think part of what you're talking about is in effort goes in in the shifting in baseball with uh, the position of the fielders depending on who is walking up to the plate I think the effort is actually done prior to yeah and to your point the process isn't getting better not looking for the result but they're looking at past results as a spray chart of 60% of the time this this well, guy hits over to the second base yeah. side so they're gonna shift another infield over there so they're doing the efforts prior to him getting to to the plate yes we should be doing the efforts of getting better role-playing, training, understanding our product, understanding what works in a process, what doesn't. So then when it comes game time, yeah. when the player, when the, when the hitter gets to the, into the batter's box or when the customer's in front of him, we're ready. We're, that, we're, that's a, it, that's then it becomes second point. nature. I mean, think about this. Like, let's say if, if, if you were a baseball team, and obviously if you did this, you wouldn't be a professional team, but you know, if, <laughs> if you literally approached every hitter, we're using customer as a hitter here, yes. all right, the same way, Yes. You're never going to win anything. Very bad news. Like, it's not going to be good. Absolutely. Right? But for some odd reason in our industry, we, we develop a single process on how to sell a car or how to service a car yes. and just assume that's enough. I, but it's I, not. I love it. That's a great point. I think the best, the best, excuse me, desk managers, that's a pretty cool point. Jesus. That's crazy. The best desk managers. Have you been in Vegas before? I have, but okay. I've never seen Senior Frogs over here. Um, <laughs> Desking deals is an art. Yes. Holding gross profit is an art. Everything is not done based on we have a customer, so this is the only way to do it. Yeah. When I'm desking deals, and I do from time to time, I enjoy that part of the business. Yeah. I just always had a... Ah, it's a strategy, I just love strategy side. Yes. It's so much fun. And I don't get to do it as often as I used to. So some, sometimes I throw the GSM off the desk and I want to get involved because I just like it. <laughs> but... I need to know information because what I'm going to give back to the salesperson is solely on what they have in front of them. And it's never identical to the last person. Yep. Never. Because there's no two, well, they can be similar, but there's no two, two situations the same. You're absolutely right. You have to be adaptable and you have to figure out what you got in front of you before you figure out where you're going. But see, also to your point, being the desk manager, you yeah. also have to know the player that you're playing with. Oh, amen. Do you know what I Absol mean? You're talking about salesperson. Yeah. Absolutely. Like you got to know. 100%. Right? That salesperson's bringing in, you know, a deal, right? Yes. yes. Okay. You can't treat every player as the exact same. Like you, you know that person's going to be strong at this. They're going to be strong at that. They're going to, you know, if you tell them to go out there. But see, it's just, I don't know. And, and I find this that in our operations, we do this. We come up with a singular process on how we yep. guess things or a singular process on how we, we sell a car to a customer. And then marketing, it gets even worse. You know, yes. it's like uh, a single ad. For every single customer out there, it's like right. let's we're gonna we're gonna push trucks this month. Okay, cool. We put an ad out there, and it's one ad. Like that's gonna be relevant to every single person out there. It blows my mind. Yeah, all of a sudden because you have too many old age inventory trucks or whatever the case is, that everyone's gonna want them at the same time. Yeah, customers gonna give a damn about that. Right, right. No, they couldn't care less. <laughs> they couldn't care. Especially less. from the seat of their home. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's just no. You're not gonna gain any traction by pushing truck pushing. What does that even mean? So, what does it look like to you? Because I, I, mean, I think we obviously identify the issue here is that we're not being audience specific in our efforts not and yep. we're not being audience specific with our salespeople we're not being audience specific with our customers mm -hmm. you know and we're not being audience specific in our training I mean we train them to sell a car we train them to sell a car one way yep. that's it you're 
you're absolutely right. And I think you, you really brought up a point that I don't get spoken about enough. I don't think. I don't think so. I, I don't hear the topic much, right? No, no, nor do I. I think you're, you're really hitting some chords with me because I didn't like the way... I'm okay with getting a lashing when I was moving up in the business. Being an sure. athlete, I've gotten them plenty. Not everybody's okay with that. Exactly. People learn differently. Yep. Some are more hands-on. Some are not. Uh, and you know some, your players are going to be like that. That's what I'm getting at. you got to so understand it. You're absolutely correct. Your salespeople are all different people. Your service writers, whatever avenue within the dealership you want to talk about, they're all different. They all take things differently. They all have different personalities and characteristics. And we almost have to be, a, uh, although we don't have a PhD in, in behind our name, but we almost have to be doctors uh, of the psyche when we're dealing with our team because you're 100% right. The way you talk to someone yes. cannot be the same way you talk to your whole entire well, team. We need to Just be more... We need to be a coach rather than a manager, Absolutely. and and you know you you, you manage you, you you don't manage people, and that's what I think it is. What you use you manage the process, you let that process manage the people, then you coach on the people's efforts. Love it, love it, absolutely. You can't manage manage people. No, it's like, have you ever tried to manage someone's efforts? Like, it's ugly looking. Oh, like Because the way I sell a car is going to be different than the way you sell a car. Absolutely. You know, so if you try to manage what that person says, it's like, no, here's the script. <laughs> oh, yeah, scripts, okay. yeah. Go like, out there and use that script. It will sell you a car. It's like, I'm not you. Exactly. Like, I'm, I'm not going to maybe have that tonality or I'm not going to have that confidence in those words or maybe those words aren't in my vocabulary. Yes. I don't use you don't them know on the regular context basis, of what so it means. Absolutely. It's going to come out really freaking weird if I say a it. A thousand, one thousand percent. I didn't, when I was selling cars, mm-hmm. once I got comfortable with selling cars because I wasn't in the beginning, but once I kind of got things down a little bit, I, you could hear me from three states away because I sell. <laughs> I sold purely on emotion. Yep. I was not a product knowledge guy. I still am not. I was not an ins and outs of almost anything. I just told my customers when I first got to them, you're going to buy a car. Maybe you're not. Yeah. The one thing I promise you is you and me are going to have some fun <laughs> while we do this. And then we just laughed and we just played on emotion. And that's, I mean, that's how I am naturally. But... My one of my top sales guys in the showroom floor now. I couldn't hear if I was sitting right next to him. Yes, but he's still an absolute beast. Yeah. Oh. In his own way. In his own way. Yes. And everyone is unique. So, you know, we're getting closer to understanding that every salesperson is unique. We got to yes. take that same approach with our customers. Okay. We yeah. can't have a single sales process. There is no one one size fits all here, right? I mean, let's think about this. I would say there's probably three primary reasons why a person's coming in to test drive a vehicle, right? Okay. You know, either they're coming in because they're researching it. And I still think there are people out there that even though a lot of research is done online, people will still want to do some research inside. Absolutely. They want to feel it. They got to touch. They got to yes. smell it. You know, it's just depend- it's who they are. They're so shopping. Cool. You know, they've, nailed, they've done all their research online. They've nailed it down to two or three cars. And now it's like, just which one feels better? Yes. Again, emotion, yes. right? Yes. You know, and then there are people out there that, hey, they've... They've leased six RAV4s, <laughs> you know, their leases do, and, you know, they just want another RAV4. Yeah, they don't you care know? what the market says. They don't care about anything else. They just, like, I've been they know what they know. I'm, I'm, and, on, my, I'm on my yes. third one. Why do yes. I, I don't, sure, just, uh, can you give me my fourth one? My leases do. Please. Yes. Yes, you're absolutely right. So, to your point, are you going to take, take the third um, scenario mm-hmm. and drag someone through, through an hour and a half long process that yeah. literally is telling you I've bought my last four cars when you know my name I service here every three months every six months I've been in here for 18 years you know me yep why am I doing all this yeah I don't know See, that's a great point I love what Amazon did you know it's like I go on Amazon now and it already knows I'm already logged into it and I just there's just a buy now option and yes. Just so I don't have to go through the shipping. It already knows that it goes to shipping. It yes. knows what address. Yes. It knows what credit card to use. It knows all that stuff. Right. You say one right. button, I'm done. Yes. You based know? on your buying habits, based on the way you've done business with them, you're absolutely right. We should do that. I don't know if there's a a piece of software out there that can help us with this. I'm not sure. But <laughs> well, that's where digital retailing is coming into play, right? You know, it's like, yes. is, is there yes. a lot of people that are willing to do that? No. But no. Not know, now. Not now. But right. you know, is, is will there ever be a lot? I mean, we've been talking about. 
we now call it digital retailing, but you know that direct consumer experience we've been talking about for like ten years. So it's not totally new. Like the concept's not really new. I, I don't like it. I don't think it'll ever overcome. Well, at least in my lifetime, completely I, overcome. Oh, I definitely the, don't think well either. The touch, feel, smell. Because I think it's a little bit too large of a purchase. I mean, well, same I with just, me with I think Amazon. it just depends on the individual, right? Like, for me, I, I will do it. Um, with a car? I well, you're through, in the business, I, I go, too. You I, know I'm in cars. the business. Yeah, I, yeah, I go yeah. through cars every two years. Yeah. You know, or 18 months to two years. You know, it's like, it's easy for me just to uh, just hit the button. We should have a GoPro going, like, that direction. Forward? <laughs> like, what is... Oh, yeah, look at this truck. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how... how I saw a literally like a twelve-year-old kid with a, you know, the the, the cardboard signs that, on both sides that you put over your neck. Yeah. It was a lit up, literally a digital sign for a strip club, on on the on the street over here the other day on the sidewalk. I was like, man, this this is a twelve-year-old dude. What the hell's going on? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. that's the one thing about Las Vegas. It's just it's, you never know what you're going to see. Sin City, right? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> twelve-year-old kid, my twelve-year-old kid. Yeah, I'm telling you. But you're you're to, back to to what you're saying. Uh, some will, you would. Yeah. But your situation, every situation is that's, different. So that, that's, that's the, point. the point. That's the point. The whole point is that you know we shouldn't pretend like we know the customer. All right. We should just literally be able to just ask the customer. Oh, you want to research? Great. We got a process for you. You want to shop? Great. We got a process for you. You want to buy something right now? Cool. We get you in and out here in forty five minutes. I love I love it. The whole one of these um, buzzwords, you know, it's been going on for probably a couple of years now, maybe two, three years, is transparency. Yeah, I always think it's kind of a weird word, you know, because transparency is not a thing. It's a byproduct of your actions. That's correct. But that is, to me, as transparent as you can be. Well, yeah. What's your, what's your goal here? And we will answer anything that you need. We're here for you, you tell me what you want, and, and, and yes, we have a process for that. So every once in a while, I do this actually for myself, every once in a while I go into a dealership pretending to buy a car. Do you? Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll call the GM or the DP and just let them know in okay. advance. You know, I'm okay. not wasting anybody's time, they yeah. know I'm coming. Um, obviously a salesperson doesn't, right? Yes. Um, I sat down with this one salesperson a few weeks ago, and I'm not lying to you, he actually pulled out a piece of paper and started to do a benefits, a needs, and analysis with me. I'm really? like, are you effing kidding me? Right. Like, now. I'm just like, really? You know, this day and age, this is where you're gonna go. Like, you know, it's like, it, it's, we're not qualifying me. I'm telling you the product I'm looking at. I, I'm yeah. looking at that 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 Tundra right there, that SR that SR5 right. package. Like, right. I mean, right. I even came in with a printout. Yeah, of right. the car because I looked because I looked at a few different models I built my own truck I did all this other like I'm there yeah yeah you we know? don't need like, to start what, over what are we scratch. doing here yeah. right you know but instead of qualifying I, I think what it is is not instead of qualifying me to the product I'm already at your dealership like True. I'm there you know True. I think I think I've qualified myself that I'm interested in a Toyota right yes you know absolutely I think qualifying to where I am in my shopping process am I still doing research it could be hell I could have a printout and still be doing research you know, am I am I shopping? Am I comparing a couple trucks? Could be, you know, or am I just like, no, I'm ready to go. You got a white one? <laughs> yes, yeah, you could be one of any any of those three. Now, I think that <clears throat> that is more. It's like a today's kind of needs analysis looks like. Yes, but I, I I agree with with your point to to we should be more conversational. We should be yeah. more uh, human. A needs analysis two-column T-chart, there, there's no like human nature to that whatsoever. You're not going to tell what type of person I am by just asking and writing and asking exactly. and writing. You know, there's no emotion at all. And yes, that, that is robotic and that is not, I don't think, what people want. No, no. I think, Unless I think it's what it is, is like the, the they, they want to connect with someone. Well, exactly, right? They want, they want to know, they want a real professional. They want a professional. Yes. They want a consultant. Right. All right. So if I'm telling you, yeah, I'll tell you I'm, I'm, I'm shopping right now. Cool. What are we shopping? You know, and I should be able, as a consultant, professionally know what everybody else is doing and what the other offers are and the other products right. are and stuff right. like that. And let, let me professionally help you through the shopping process. You That's know? it. That's it, man. The one thing that customers may or may not know that is truly in our benefit to, to I think, understand is our programs, at least from the desk's point of view, at the minimum, probably even salespeople, I would argue as well, is these manufacturers are getting a little screwy with 
more expensive car is leasing better than the less expensive trim within that model line. Yeah. Um, and, and that gets kind of weird, and that's tough to explain. And, and, and depending on where someone's coming from, they may not necessarily need more equipment, but to show them the right type of vehicle the first time, I think, is imperative as well. And even though they say they need an entry-level model, but they're leasing, why would we show them a 600-hour payment versus a 450 oh. in the event that it has more equipment? 100%. You know, so like, yeah, we, that's we, the professional. That's being professional. That's correct, it, right? Correct. You know, um, but it's doing that. Okay, is coming from a place that you're intentionally wanting to serve that person. The kicker here is that we have to watch ourselves as an industry that we're not just presenting more features and uh, different trim models because it's in our benefit. Because that's, as an industry, how we have such a bad reputation. Yep. I 100% agree. I'm only talking if that trim level literally is less expensive for the customer. Oh, and yeah. that's what I yeah. mean. No, like I, I, I actually, I'll present a more expensive trim. Like, that's the thing I don't, under, I don't understand. Like, people are so afraid of, like, you know, presenting the most expensive trim. Like, no, just present it. I mean, look, the customer's going to be make the decision at the end of the day. If anything, at least I did my job as a professional to educate them on that there are other things here. There are other features that yep. they didn't know about. Yep. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I think that um, with the scenario that I'm talking about, uh, mainly we don't have this with Toyota, but when I was with Chrysler for four mm -hmm. and a half years, and, I, and I'm not kidding, uh, a Jeep Cherokee, for instance, not the Grand Cherokee, but a Cherokee uh, entry-level sport model would literally be $150 more expensive on a lease payment than a Limited, which carries about, I want to say, a $13,000 <laughs> increase in MSRP. That put their dealerships and their dealership salespeople and sales staff into a position where they shouldn't be in. And that's in the OEM's fault. Yeah, exactly. That That's not this salesperson's fault. Now, should the managers know and should we teach and, and coach our customer yep. or our salespeople what the programs are? Absolutely. But you make, some of these OEMs make their dealerships spend all their time on this ridiculous nonsense that shouldn't be and that really makes no sense. Yeah. That they're, that they're not focusing more so on what's more important is the customer interaction, being a professional and doing things the right way, which is what the customers want from you. But we, we get so much of our time taken in different avenues sometimes from the manufacturer that it's killing some people. I know. You know what? I am. Um... <laughs> and I'm not you, talking you, you, shit because, no, you know, no, no, we need I them. I they need the us. And, and in Toyota, quite frankly, is, is, is the best that I've worked for. I, I would agree. In terms I would, of a partnership, out of bar, all of them out there, it's, it's definitely one Absolutely. of the better ones. Absolutely. But, you know, I am, um, look, at the end of the day, it's still, I had a dealer principal the other day who was talking to me about their OEM. And some, there were several four-letter words used during no this doubt. conversation. I'm sure. And I'm just like, dude, at the end of the day, this, this is your business. This isn't theirs. Correct. Okay. That's you know, if, yes. if you feel like if you continue to fall, follow the direction that they want you to follow in, and you're going to lose money, don't do it. You know, it's, do? and I find this a lot on the marketing side, right? Yeah. Because what are the manufacturers are focused on is volume. Yes. Dealerships are focused on profitability. Yes. Okay. So they so the manufacturer will market products that don't have profitability of or course. very, very little. Of course. You know, so it's like, you They're know, it's wholesaler. like, exactly. You know, I was with this Chrysler dealership the other day and, you know, they were like, well, we, we have to need, we need to increase our gross profit per transaction. I said, that's great. Uh, look at what you're marketing right now. You are marketing the base model of every single trim that you have out there. So it's like, you know, can I put that? actually, that's a good one. And I'll get your, your, your thoughts on this is operationally. Yeah. I find that we operate kind of in silos. Like the parts departments over oh, here, yeah, yeah. you know, the new car departments over there, the mm -hmm. service departments over here, the used car manager wants to punch the service manager because the service manager uh, charges too much for reconditioning. The mm -hmm. new car manager wants to strangle the parts manager because, you know, he'll actually sell the parts for less over the counter, but more to the yeah, actual yeah, new car sure, department. Sure. Like, I can't what? stand what? it. I know. Like, and it shouldn't about? be. I posted on LinkedIn, I think a few weeks ago about this exact point. And I said that the minute that each department or each manager of each department mm -hmm. and then spills it down to their employees, realize that they would not be able to get anything accomplished without the other two or three departments, whether you have a body shop or not, three departments exist, the better off you're going to be. And the better off I think they're going to be. 
mm-hmm. because nobody I can agree. do anything without the other. It's it, it it just it is what it is. Now, who comes first, the sale or the service or whatever? You know, the chicken before the egg. Nobody knows. Sure. In my mind, I don't even necessarily agree with uh, sales. Sales the first one. No, you know, that's like first baseman is more important than exactly than third. No, it's absolutely but that's not absolutely impossible to to answer that question yeah. because they're only they're one. We're one. We're together. You just yeah. happen to specialize in this area. I specialize in this, but no one's out to get anybody, or they shouldn't be, because the dealer bottom line is going to suffer from that, and you're only going to make things worse. We had to we. We didn't have to, but we do talk about this a lot. Yeah. And and the the biggest one between that I've seen the majority of the time in my career is the used car manager or manager and the service department. Oh, yeah. They you just straight up hate each other. Yes. Um, yes. So here's... I was at a, uh, a new client, and um, what, as like for most new clients, uh, I'll always offer... Hey, if you ever want me to come and jam with your team, mm-hmm. you know, if you just want to get a fresh set of eyes outside, yeah. looking at your operations, what's going on, you know, do that. Yeah. So I get invited to a lot of manager meetings, to a lot okay. of manager meetings. And this is a relatively new client, and I go into this manager meeting, and I don't say anything the first time I'm there. I'm yeah. just here to consume, yeah. you know, yeah. and if, if you got a question, I'll help, whatever. But, yeah. you know, I just want to take it all in, right? And I hate to see this, but I've seen more of this lately than I'd like. It's the owner or the general manager literally pinning the departments against each other. What? No. Have you seen man. this? No. You've never seen this? Where I, it's like they'll, they'll push. It's like, well, you know, oh, you know okay. in the service department, you know, we're doing this, you know, and okay. John's doing a great job. I mean, our profitability has never been better. You know, I don't know what's going on in the new car department, but hey, you're going to have to, you know what I mean? You know, I, I haven't thought about dividing your your uh, departments in that way. So, yes, like, I have heard that. Okay, you've seen that before? They are thinking it's uh, motivation to yes. the other department yes. to m- mirror up or match up to the one that's doing better than them. But, yeah, yeah you're right. You're, that would just cause issues. I mean, that would cause resentment yeah. where you're going to hate... Your, your parties involved are going to hate each other. Yeah. So Why like, will you... Oh, man. You, you, tie, no. you, tie, you tie that in, and then you tie into some of the communications or lack of communications against against the different departments, right? Of course. Um, now, on the flip side of that, all right, I was in another dealership that was a manager meeting, and every... No, three days a week, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, all right, all of the managers eat lunch together. Love it. That's just... It, it's it. not to talk shop. Like, it's not a meeting, per se, of, like, let's review okay. stuff. It is just literally, let's break bread together. Love that. Right? I, a thousand percent. Absolutely love it. We, once in a while, and I want to do this more and I should, but I heard this idea many, many, many years ago. How about a manager from one department take out <clears throat> to lunch a non-manager from another department? So not even manager to manager. Yeah. How about uh, your sales manager take out a technician? Yeah, that's and cool. what kind of dynamic would that conversation be? Because that the conversation between tech and sales manager doesn't happen that often. It's I want it, I don't like this whole silo thing going on, and I like that. That's a really good idea. We, we got to figure out hacks on how to break the silo down. You know, yes. and it's like I find like you know I was talking to a dealer principal the other day, and I said, well, that's cool. When you so when you meet with your departments, like. Do you meet with everybody at once, or do you do... He goes, no, no, no. Well, I'll meet with the sales team, the salespeople, the sales managers, GSMs, all of them first. Mm-hmm. Then I'll go meet the service team. I said, well, there's a problem right there. Yeah. That's coming from us. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. I think a lot of it comes from our, do- our, our own doing. Um, we try to get everybody together as most we can. At the very least, if I want to have a quick one, uh, I usually do managers only, but together we actually talk about. Yeah. You need to love him. You don't yeah. have to be best friends outside of work, but oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you you need him or her to survive, and vice versa. And the better you guys work, the smoother every transaction will be. 100%. And then even further than that, it's going to be that much easier for the customer. Yeah. Because if you guys don't get along, and someone's buying, I don't know, an accessory for a vehicle they're buying, and the parts department just doesn't want to order it because they're pissed off because the used car manager was screaming and yelling about how long it took for a car to be reconditioned to get to you know the front line. It happens. Well, then the, that parts person or manager 
probably is going to not order that part. Yeah. Because they're just pissed off for the last conversation. Yeah. Or vice versa. You know, there's no no reason for that because anybody and everybody should be helping each other together. Although we only get paid on our own doings, it's just not the right thing to do either. No, it's we have we just have to get everyone to, to work together, and we need the entire dealership to to see everybody as the entire dealership. I have this other dealership. You'd really like this. Um, the first. Uh, the first Saturday and second Saturday of every single month, yep. uh, the owner uh, makes pancakes for the entire dealership. He physically makes them. Physically makes in, them, which that I thought like was in really. The shop or something. Yeah, he does in the shop, and he sets up. I don't know. I think it's like maybe almost eight folding tables, and it is like straight up just family style. Love and it. it's like you know, it's, it's eight folding tables, literally just lined up all the way down the. Plates and pancakes. Yeah, plates and pancakes. I absolutely love it. He gets in at six a.m. and starts making. Yeah, he says he gets in about 5.30 to 6 a.m. What's his turnover? And uh, they're doing not a lot. Not a lot. Yeah, freaking zero. No, I don't doubt that. Like, the power of pancakes. Yes. You know what I mean? But, you know, (laughs) I can can tell his, just by that one story, I can tell his turnover is zero or close to it because... That's not the only thing he does. Oh no, 100%. he doesn't just do pancakes just, and then he's a complete thing. dick to everybody. Yep. That's just that's just very one thing. It's just but it's a, it's a it's a it just shows a, it's a physical way of just who he is as a person. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. That's a guy that people want to work for. Well, he understands that his business, his entire business, his entire family's net worth and and livelihood is because these people. Yes. And and I think it's amazing that he's like he goes and he he does it. He doesn't he doesn't bring somebody in. And yes. This is a guy right. that could easily pay somebody just to come right. in and make right. pancakes. Right? right, of course. He's like, nope, I make the pancakes, which is worth it, its own weight in gold right? to his employees, which should be the most important over customers in my mind. Yeah, in my mind. Well, I mean, look if if you and I hear this a lot, right? Treat your customers like family. Yep. Okay. How the hell are you treating your employees like family? That's what I, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I've never met an owner that's, and they'll say, oh, I, we treat our customers like they're family. Yes. I'm like, okay, I've seen yeah. how you treated your family. I don't know if I'm. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, right. So it's just a, it's just a blanket fake statement. It is. It's just a BS. It's just, yeah. it's like, if you're yeah, not we're number one in CSI. Yeah, yeah. 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 If like, you're not okay, treating right. your, your employees correctly, then they are not treating your customers correctly, well, see, whether it. you want to admit it or not. I agree. So we were, so you know, the whole big theme is like, how do we create a customer experience, right? Well, that experience comes from your people, right? If you if you think that customer experience is that, you know, we make people feel invited and warm, like they're coming into our house and this is our home yeah. and we're welcoming them, and you're not doing that with your employees, there ain't no way in hell. I don't care who it is. There ain't no way in hell that your employees are doing that to their customers. No, no. One of the worst things I had to do, but it made the biggest difference of almost any move that I've ever made with mm-hmm. employment. Uh, this is relatively recent. We had the best year in service in parts that we've had uh, ever. And we had the best month singularly that we've ever had also in October of 2019, just oh, as past congrats. year. congrats, that's awesome. Thanks. You would think, looking at a statement, that everything was great. Yeah. That everything was running running real well. That everyone was happy and all this, like we were talking about. Um, December, I fired the service manager. <laughs> because solely of the treatment from him to his employees. Yeah. To our employees, to our service personnel. Yeah. It was not a good cultural fit, and some things were done that... We're making the, the the employees in the service department really just hate their job. Yeah. So to walk into somebody and say, "Listen, man, I, I uh, I'm letting you go." Uh, what are you talking about? Literally, yeah, like the we best just made a ton of money. Yeah, I said, "Well, I don't care if we made a hundred dollars." Yeah. People are are very upset being here. Yeah. And that's not good with me. I am no. not okay with that, <laughs> and I can't allow that to happen on our watch. So we'll figure it out. And I was nervous. Obviously, I knew I had to make the move, and that's the right thing to do by my customer, by our by our employment staff. But I was nervous. Like, oh shit, what am I going to do? We're in a small area. Finding another capable body as a service manager is not going to be easy. I'm not even kidding. Within three, four days of him 
being let go, I had about five people come into my office and say, can I talk to you, Dust? Absolutely. Say, I know we're going through a rough time. You don't understand what that did for everybody. If there's anything we can do to help, we well, got they appreciate you. appreciate because they felt like you were looking out for them. That's what I'm saying. It they is, said, we got you. Yeah. Like, I said, no, I got, no. And then everybody just got each other. And then it's a beautiful thing. overnight, it's like, <laughs> this is the greatest place to be. And everyone's so happy. And I can just feel it and hear it. Our CSI went through the roof in the first month of January. It was not bad even to begin with, but it went, it was tremendous. And everybody's just in a great mood. They're laughing and joking. Now they're working, but it just is like this weight was lifted off. And, and, and be, yes, because of that, they're like, man. We just came together and everybody's going to pitch in just this much more and we'll even do better than when we had a manager. Yeah. So I don't have a manager still. Month and a half and I'm not even worried about it. Isn't that crazy? I'm you know, not even worried about it. That, but that's what happens when you're able to create that culture and you treat people like humans, right? Not employees, right? They're, exactly. they're, they're other human beings. They're not there just to serve. You know, that's the other thing too is, and that's what I find, it's a big differentiating factor. Uh, between managers and leaders, all right? Leaders understand that they work for their team. Oh, yeah. All right? You know, I find a lot of managers, because they think they're managing people, that those people work for them. No, no, yeah, no, no way. Those people work for their families that are at home. Exactly. That's their responsibility. Our responsibility is to make sure our, our, I'm sorry, our employees are given the tools and set up on a platter. Yeah. To and they give, perform and as give high them that as they direction. Can. They, need, they yeah, need yeah. to give that direction. Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. You spot on with that, bro. I'm telling you. But it's it's such it's disappointing because I mean how many hours do we work in this business? How much ups and downs are there? You know, right. how many times are we on cloud nine and then we go into the shitter and back and forth and all this other stuff? The roller coaster? Yeah. <laughs> the last thing we need to is to then be treated like a piece of shit too. Yes. In the midst of all this other, this sales and especially automotive is not easy. Dude, I remember, did you ever hear this saying? I, I remember hearing it a lot. You're only as good as your last month. Yeah, of course, it's it's, it's like, the talk. That's, that's that's horrible. It's so bad. Like, if you think about it, that's it is, horrible. It is so bad. Like, I mean, Think, think, think if you ran a professional uh, a sports team like that. Like, well, <laughs> you're oh, only as good as your last month. Yeah, I mean, or even you know, year for that matter. People it's are not like, we're sitting here questioning. We're questioning why we have this revolving door. I'm like, are you serious? Yes. Why yes. do you think we have a revolving door? We're only as good as our last month. Like, come on. That's yeah, why. it's. It, it's that but mentality. that's on ourselves, and it's just. I think a lot of people are afraid. To try to do something that's against the grain, break the mold, and do something that hasn't been done ever, which is change the mindset to, okay, close the books on a particular month. It's not good. You don't show profit. Maybe you lose money. Whatever the case is, gather your team and say, boys and girls, we had a shitty fucking month. (laughs) Anybody have a idea why and then I'm going to tell you why I think and then we're just going to figure it out. We're going to fix it. Well, but say, come you, together you, and just you, fix you it. That's positive. all. Yes. If, if you're focused on the efforts and not necessarily the results, look, sometimes you know, we go out to play the game, alright? And the team literally there's nothing left in the tank. They yep. left it all on the field, yep. right? And doesn't necessarily mean the results are going to be there. Absolutely right. Right? I mean, how many times does the team go out there and they don't, I mean, like, you know, I just got done watching the, you know, the Super Bowl. Do you think either one of those teams had the intention of holding anything back? Yeah, right. Like, right. not a chance. Right. <laughs> you, know? you can't like, be disappointed that's if right. you give it 100% of you. Yes. Exactly. Yes. So I feel like if we stop focusing on those results, we focus on their efforts and we get our players, we get our salespeople, we get everybody in the dealership to leave everything out on the field. Yeah then there's nothing to be upset about. There's no reason. The only time I ever get upset with myself or my team mm-hmm. is when I don't think we gave it our all. I think if, that's a great way to think. Right? If I, I, if I held back on something and yeah. I was just like, I finished my day, I just, I, I'm like, mm, I didn't empty the tank, there's still stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's not a good day. Yeah, can you look at yourself, the whole adage, can you look at yourself and say, I gave it everything. Yeah. When no one's around, yeah. right? You know, not verbalize it, but just talk in your own head when you're looking at yourself. That's a great point, and, that, and that's a really good mindset. And, and, and because that's what you uh, promote, you probably get everything from your people. 
Yeah. If that's the focus. Well, and then because that, nothing can stop. You don't have to be talented to give effort. No. You don't have to be. You don't have to have any talent nope. to to outwork the person to your left and, and to your right. That's right. That's, that's a right. great point. And the cool thing is that when we have that mentality with our employees, we get our employees to have that mentality for themselves. Mm-hmm. Guess what? That uh, trickles down all the way to the customer. Yes. yes. I always I always think like we're always trying to create these customer centric experiences. Mm-hmm. But the customer-centric experience, it starts with our people. Like, it starts with us. It it's is. not, like, yep. for some odd reason, we think, like, there's this, you know, this diet pill, this diet pill or this, you know, this silver bullet, this thing. Mm-hmm. There's uh, this coffee shop I'm going to put in my dealership or this uh, massaging chair I'm going to put in this dealership or this mm-hmm. new coffee machine that does double espresso cappuccinos yeah. with soy lattes. Right. Um, yeah, right. That's going to change your culture. Like That's, that's going to change, change your experience. experience. Like, yeah, it's yeah. not. Right? Yeah, right. Because they're going to they're gonna make this soy beautiful latte. coffee yeah, and then someone's going to come over to them and be <laughs> the rudest person on the face of the planet and, and, and insult them. Yeah, yeah. And that coffee's going to taste a hell of a lot worse based on what one of your employees say to them. Absolutely. Yeah, experience is not a freaking cup. No, 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 no. no doubt. There's just, and that's at the end of the day. I mean, I, I, no I love, dude, I love this industry. This industry has given me so much opportunity. It has uh, allowed me to provide for my family and create, create a family. And yep. you know, it's like, absolutely, anytime I can ever jam with somebody else like minded, and we can, you know, if if, if one person, I don't, I'm not looking for a hundred thousand. If one person saw this. And they go, that's a really good idea. I really like, you know, what Dustin said. I think I can probably do that at my dealership. You know, and it makes How sense. How cool is that? Dude, it's amazing, Yes, right? absolutely. Isn't that the coolest uh, it, thing in the a- world? A- absolutely is. And that was one of the biggest parts I started actually putting my own posts up there is because we can only help us in retail. We can only help the people that work in our building. Yeah. Right? I mean, that, 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 that's our audience. Yep. But if, if, if we have some good idea and we put it out there, thousands of people, like, you know, instantly can see this or hear this or read this. Shit, man, we're going to be helping each other. Now, I take shit that I found on LinkedIn, and it's in the dealership. Uh, dude, I, I have I vendors that are, that are in my store now yeah. from the last few months. It's a great, great uh, uh, avenue, and I like LinkedIn better than others I think because so I think it's more about let's just get down to the business. Let's talk about business. Well, it's, it's, it's our passion. Our passion is business. Correct. Correct. So you're on there. Your passion's business. We're able to connect, and it's and just it's really all passion. that I see. Now I hope it. Ne- I hope it never goes a different route. Well, it's fun to throw a little thing in there every once in a while. Like oh, I, sure. I'll, throw, I'll throw a little thing every once in a while. A funny. Like, just bought my new orange shoes. Check. Yeah, out, yeah. yeah. Well, but yeah, but that's also me. your business. I know. That's right. People. You know, know what I'm saying? So, business. and yes, if it's every fiftieth post, okay, fine. But you know, yeah. people's. You know, we're not talking stupid shit like other exactly. other other avenues. So. Well, I appreciate man, thank it, you brother. So much, yeah, thank this you so much. This was a lot of fun. Lot of-